0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 182. Today, we are back to talk NBA playoffs. Quick disclaimer before we get this episode started. Um, We are recording this right now at 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday night. It is currently uh, 1 minute and 54 seconds left in the first half of the Grizzlies-Lakers game. Uh, So we just are letting you guys know because this obviously is not going to be out until tomorrow on Thursday. So, by the time you hear this, we don't know what happened in this game, the Nuggets Timberwolves game, and the what's the other one, the the Bucks Heat game. Yeah, Bucks Heat so game is also. Awesome, we don't know what has happened in those games. So if you're wondering why didn't you talk about the crazy Bucks Heat game, because we don't know what happened in it. <laughs> so that's why. Um, but other than that, we basically uh, know every. I mean, not basically. We do know every other. Uh, thing that's going on in each series
1: so we are here today to talk about all the series Mm -hmm. i'm this playoffs if you've been watching and keeping up i recommend staying up for these late games Mm -hmm. the late games have been awesome Oh, uh, LeBron almost just had a crazy dunk. Last night, this could be one of the podcasts <laughs> oh, yeah. where we just keep mentioning the game that like nobody can see. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're watching, yeah. Uh, and if you've been staying up for these playoffs, you have gotten an awesome, awesome playoff show. These late night games, the Kings-Warriors series has been incredible, the same with the Phoenix-Clippers series has been awesome, super competitive.
0: Yeah, and it just sucks that those are the two <laughs> best series, both for us East Coast guys, uh... It's late at night, you know. It's it's tough. It's late time of the year. We got a couple of weeks off of the school year. So, like, I, I, the, my sleep is valuable
1: right now. It's at the highest valuable point right now, and I'm just not getting a lot of nope, it. Nope, so. not getting a lot of it. I've been tired for, like, a week straight, yeah. it feels like, just staying up late but, watching hoops. It's, you just got to do it. So got to do it um, as an it, NBA fan. This is
0: fine because it's about to be halftime of this game anyway, so it'll, it'll be less distracting for us yep. as we get into this. All right, so I think the first thing we need to talk about is this son or not the Suns, the Warriors King series with the Draymond Green, Damana sabonis situation? It's a little bit old now mm-hmm. um, because game three of this series will be tomorrow night, the day that you are hearing this. But let's talk about it. So, you know, towards the end of I mean, kind of towards the end, about like eight, seven, eight minutes left, I believe. Uh, In game two, Draymond Green and Damanis Sabonis, who've been battling all series, by the way. In game Mm -hmm. one, Draymond was laying on top of him at the end of the game. Uh, So these two guys go at it. These two are very, they're competitors. Sabonis has been known as a, you know, a guy who plays with a lot of force. And obviously we know how Draymond is. Um, But Draymond Green uh, appears to be running away, uh, trying to get into the play, or that He's kind of on top of Sabonis. Sabonis grabs him by the ankle Draymond Green does not like that and he stomps on Sabonis chest where Sabonis is injured uh, does end up playing the rest of the game and Draymond Green is ejected and now he has been suspended for game three of these playoffs with the Warriors down 2-0 could this be a costly decision by Draymond Green
1: and cost the Warriors their season it, it definitely could I think some people are writing the, this war. I've seen already like the articles of well, is this uh, you know the end of the Warriors dynasty. I think we're a little early. They got to lose the game still before I start saying yeah, they right. got to go down 3-0. They're one of the best home teams. The Oracle goes crazy. Uh, at I think home. we kind of expected them to lose yeah, these game. Yeah. I mean, games. they're I terrible, mean, they on the road. terrible on the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for the suspension and everything, I I I'm, I don't know how you feel about the suspension. Right. I I don't like the suspension. I thought the ejection was enough, and I thought they addressed Sabonis with a technical foul, which I thought was enough. Uh, Joe Dumars came out today and said that it was a lot of it was what the fact that he's a repeat offender. You know, this isn't the first time we've seen Draymond do something crazy. But the Kings were... I mean, Sabonis has played a physical, physical series, pulling guys to the ground, and, and I don't have a problem with that. And Sabonis, I mean, even after the game, had a great interview. Uh, but anyways... I think they've been egging Draymond on to get him to this point. And Draymond kinda also has to know that teams are trying to get you to oh. do this. Teams know you're gonna react like this. So he but I don't know, it's such a tough situation. I feel like Draymond
0: honestly knows that. Like I think yeah, he oh, yeah. understands what they're trying to do, but that's just how he is and he's not gonna change how he is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I feel like Draymond portrays himself, you know. He really likes to embrace his Way, yeah, I for guess. sure.
1: I felt that the way the NBA, like, I, I agree with looking into the past and you know, okay, he's done this before, he's a repeat offender, so let's suspend him for the next game. I, I think if Steph Curry does this, I don't think he gets suspended. I think the ejection is enough for Steph Curry, but for Draymond, the league didn't think so. But if you're gonna look into the player's past, I think you should also look kind of into the future and say, we might be ending the series by suspending Draymond, which he already got ejected, already got the flagrant two. Like, I felt like that was punishment enough and maybe you disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
0: I mean, well, the first thing is, you know, it was interesting because Shams came out with a report about an hour or two before saying that it's looking like Draymond will not be suspended, you know? Mm -hmm. And if a guy like Shams says that, I'm most likely going to believe what he says, you know, he knows the most out of anyone uh, reporting. So, He says that, and then obviously they come out and suspend him. I really didn't expect him to be suspended because if we're talking from a NBA financial standpoint, uh, it benefits the league to have this series go as long as possible. You know, people are watching this series. It probably is one of the top two watch series right now, I would assume. They're reigning champions. This team has been a dynasty. Like, they want this team to stay in the playoffs as long as possible from a money standpoint. Um, So... That's why I thought he wouldn't be suspended, just because, like you said, if with him being suspended, a potential 3 0 Mm -hmm. seems like it could be a big possibility. You know, Draymond's been a huge part of this team. I mean, even I know Sabonis had a really good game, too, but in game one, Sabonis was not much of a factor. um, Yeah, for sure. Thanks to Draymond and Kevon Looney, but obviously they still won the game. But yeah, this is what I think about what happened is now take this with a grain of salt because obviously I'm a Michigan State fan. And I've been one to defend how Draymond acts in the past because, like, I I just I, that's just how I feel, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, if he didn't go to Michigan State, maybe things would be different. I'm I don't I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, but I think what Draymond did is wrong for sure. Mm-hmm. He should not stomp on Demana Sabonis' chest. Um, now whether sabonis I don't want to like assume that Sabonis is like not actually injured, because that's like rude if he actually is injured, because he's questionable right now. Yeah. But like he finished the game. Like like w- didn't come out of the game, you know? Like I trust me, I know a stop from a 240, 50 pound dude like Draymond Green, can't feel good. Mm-hmm. But like you played the rest of the game. He, he played. You know? Like I would assume he's gonna be good to go. I, I, I think it would be unrealistic for him not to play game three. What Draymond did is wrong, but it doesn't happen if Demonis Sabonis doesn't grab his ankle. I, that's how I feel. I, I know that there's angles that show that yeah, him it doesn't really look like Sabonis was grabbing Draymond Green by the leg. I think if that's Andrew Wiggins, I think if that's Kevon Looney, I think if that's Moses Moody, Sabonis doesn't grab his leg. You know, I think that it was a it's a because it was Draymond Green situation, and a guy like Draymond Green is not gonna let that type of thing slide. He's mm-hmm. not gonna let you get the last laugh. He will always get the last punch in it's going to be it hurts him obviously at times it's hurt him a lot of times in the past yeah but that's just how he is he's not going to let you get the last punch in a situation like that and obviously it hurt him what Draymond did was wrong um and I think that 100% the ejection was valid the suspension however I don't really think it is mm-hmm. I, I think that it would just be it's better for him to play in this game I think the ejection was enough was it was in crucial fourth quarter time where they could have used Draymond Green they lost the game I think
1: that the suspension is a little a little much. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's bullshit. Uh whether you like it or not, Sabonis grabbed him. Sabonis Draymond went to pull his leg away, whether you think he whether you think Sabonis was covering his head or not, Draymond went to pull his leg away and had resistance when he went to pull his leg away. Don't care who you are. You think somebody's grabbing yeah. your ankle, especially when that person's been extremely physical, and you guys have been caught on the ground multiple times already throughout the series. Which because physical basketball, uh-huh. that's like well, even what Sabonis said. You know, Sabonis was asked after the game, "Is there any animosity between you and Draymond?" And he said, "No. I mean, we we we've been playing physical all series. Yeah. It's it's just basketball. That's all it is." And and which was an awesome response from Sabonis, though he is also the reason he got suspended. But <laughs> I think I don't think you can suspend a player for defending himself. Yes, did he retaliate too much? Yeah, but he got suspended or he got ejected in that game. I feel like that was punishment enough. That's how I feel. And and by no means, by the way, I'm not like defending what
0: Draymond did. Yeah, like, it was I know wrong. I know it sounds that way. Like what Draymond did was wrong. Yes, and it what absolutely. he did was worse than what Sabonis did, a hundred percent. But it doesn't happen if Sabonis doesn't grab him first. Yep. It's it's that simple. So and everyone has their own opinion on this. Obviously, I know a lot of Warriors fans think that it's the world versus the Warriors right now. <laughs> Makes no sense. Um, I know that Kings fans and a lot of other fans are thinking, how can anyone defend Draymond Green in this situation? Uh, which is somewhat, I, I do understand that because like Joe Dumar said, I mean, this is not a first-time thing for Draymond mm-hmm. Green. And Bob Myers came out today and said the same thing. They asked him about it and he said, we've been through this before. Like, it's this is how Draymond is. I'm not going to sit here and complain because – No matter what I say, he's not playing next game. So we just have to go out and play. Um, So we'll see how much this truly affects uh, the Golden State Warriors in this series. Like I said, they are down 2-0. Really excited for Game 3. But what the Warriors got to change as far as, you know, without Draymond
1: Green, what do they have to do to potentially come back in this series you know yeah good point that was important that you brought that up <laughs> i was like we got we do got to talk about the basketball yeah the basketball exactly. has been incredible mm-hmm. uh darren fox has been unreal in the fourth quarter i mean that's expected uh clutch player of the year no doubt uh i think it officially win it uh today actually oh he did it finally came out yep. jaron jackson Three. jr officially won yeah Jaren, right? shout out jaron jackson yeah, jr spartan out. dog uh and then mike brown one head coach of one coach of the year today too. oh hell
0: awesome.
1: yeah so, so uh game. Yeah, the shot making down the stretch of these games has been incredible. HB feels like he's on a mission to like almost like a middle finger to the Warriors. I mean, he's just balling. It's been so long. That's a joke. Uh, uh, but I really have loved this series. I think the Warriors need to get faster. I don't know how to do that. I don't know whether that means going small ball with Kaminga at five, but they're afraid to play Kaminga. Yeah, he hasn't played they, much. They played Moody over him last You maybe run uh, Wiggins small ball five, you know? Maybe. Because. Uh, The Kings are just getting the ball and going as as fast as hell. And when you have Clay, Steph, Draymond, and Kevon Looney on the floor all at once, you just don't have the speed to keep up with that. And that's where I think going smaller might help them, but then Sabonis might just dominate. We saw him last game get really physical in the Mm -hmm. paint with Draymond and really got to his spot and had a much better game. You put a smaller defender on him, he might just keep doing that and just bully him even more. Uh, The Warriors have their backs against the wall, no doubt uh luckily they have Steph Curry who couldn't just come out this next game and shoot the ball better and all of a sudden yeah you-, you win a game for sure uh but that's to me what the Warriors have to do to to uh, tighten up this series
0: yeah Warriors are back at home so obviously that plays a huge role um Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to get some minutes with this Draymond Green suspension I think we might see some Jermichael Green minutes uh and you know a guy who has not played very much uh as of late especially in these playoffs um, but we're definitely they're definitely gonna need guys to step up. I think it's been interesting to see Um like Moses Moody getting as much minutes as he has been, a guy that doesn't usually play mm-hmm. a lot in this Warriors rotation. Uh Dante DiVincenzo, I feel like, has been a good player. Uh like they've been playing him a lot in this series. But it all comes down to you know, Steph and Clay. It really does at the end of the day. I mean, not really, because actually Jordan Poole needs to step yeah, up. Jordan Poole sure. is really he he is they are going at Jordan Poole defensively. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get the switch. To get pool on De'Aaron Fox and Fox is attacking him, and it has been, it has worked effectively for them. So, um, the Kings, I mean, they don't really need to change much at all. You, game one, they played their game. They hit a lot of threes. They played fast. De'Aaron Fox had 38. Malik Monk went off off the bench, 30 some points. Uh, but in game two, it was a different story. They were not, they got to a really slow start, weren't hitting threes. They were not scoring the ball very effectively or efficiently, and they still won. Mm-hmm. So, when you have a game like that and you still win, the game plan going into the next game, you have to be looking forward to the next game because you did not play well in your best facet of the game and you won still. So I'm excited to see what the Warriors do to potentially stop Sabonis without Draymond Green. Who knows, maybe they don't do anything and so mm-hmm. they just let Sabonis cook and they try to you know outscore them. That obviously could be a tactic, but... It's going to be interesting to see what Golden State does.
1: Yeah, this series, I think only. I don't know if it gets better from here though, because I mean, Warriors lose this and it's it's over. The series is just you're not this Kings team isn't some joke of a, of a squad. No, they're going to close out a series if they go up 3-0. maybe even three one. I think they've got a series in, in the bag. That's how good they've looked against this Warriors team. They match up incredibly well. Like mm-hmm. they they really do. I didn't I didn't really take that into account, but Davion Mitchell's. Played, he played an incredible minutes yeah. last night. Come off the bench, getting fifteen. Garden staff extremely great well. Defense, yeah, uh, I'm about big to wings. I'm about bless to you, okay.
0: pre bless you. Maybe oh, not. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, maybe not. That oh, was torture. I you for no reason. That was
1: torture. I should have looked at the light <laughs> or something. Uh, I really hope this series gets really tight here. I, I want this to go back to two two. Let's get take
0: this thing to seven. So I looked at the line. Uh this was pre-Draymond Green suspension, by the way. So I would assume it's different now. I could look, but I'm not gonna. Um because I was thinking, like, I low-key might bet on the Warriors to win this series still, you know? Like I wonder how much of a because I like most people are gonna overreact and be like, They're down 2-0, it's over. Yep. But the people that know are like bro this was gonna happen like yep. the Warriors suck on the road they just gotta steal one they gotta steal game five or game seven obviously if they would have stole game one or two it would have been huge but so I was like hmm let me go see what the Warriors are to win this series like did the books overreact no they were like plus 120 to win the series really still um, that tight that was pre Draymond Green suspension I would assume it has dropped um because that obviously hurts the Warriors a lot so I didn't bet on it because like there's not much value there um I did make a bet on. I, I I'll say my three my three like who wins and how many games bets I did. I did Warriors in seven. I bet on that. I bet on, uh, pff, Suns in six, gotcha. which that obviously could happen. And then I bet on Knicks in seven. I also bet on Knicks in seven against the Cavs. So
1: interesting. That's an. Interesting they took one on the
0: road. Yeah, um, they did. So before we, we're going to hop into the individual series of these get things I'm about to bring up, but let's bring up another controversial topic on the podcast. Something we've been, we've been getting more into controversy here on the podcast.
1: Yeah. And so, I don't know what this one is right now. Tonight,
0: Um, like, like I said, I'm going to probably say this so many times, but you guys already know that these guys aren't playing. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been ruled out wow. of game two. So we're going to see how the Bucks play without him. He was injured um, on a charge play. In game one, did not play most of the game, and then Ja Morant has been ruled out. Um, obviously in the game that we're watching right now, that's at halftime. Also injured on a charge play. There has been talk on Twitter about should the charge be banned from basketball because we are seeing some injuries being taken to some of these star players and could potentially ruin these playoffs. Which it could, you know. I mean, if Giannis is out and the then they lose this series to Miami. That could ruin the playoffs. I mean, it it really could not ruin it, but obviously like we didn't get the best product that we were supposed to. So my question is to you, I've been wondering about what you think about this. Should the charge be banned? Maybe just from the NBA, maybe
1: from all levels of basketball. I think that is like the craziest thought in the history of the world. (laughs) I saw this argument and I was like, got to get off Twitter. Like I, Twitter has lost me. The charge is like one of the only things that keeps offensive players in check. And we've seen that this season. Yes. Like, do we realize that these offensive players did not get hurt on a clean basketball play? They fouled the other team's player. That is the dev. That is what a charge is. They fouled this guy. And they got hurt because they followed somebody. And the charge is the only way for somebody who is 6'4 and under to slide in and make a play on a guy like Giannis. If Giannis is coming at the basket and you are under 6'6 and you jump with him, you probably have a good chance of getting hurt. Like, if you try to block that (laughs) guy. Uh, That's where I think it is so crazy. If you do this, all it makes is it makes it a, a game for just bigger and bigger and bigger people. It makes the size so much more impactful. And it makes the offensive players. I don't know how you would control the offensive foul as much mm-hmm. as these guys just putting their head down and getting to get into the hole. And I'm not saying that's what every charge is, but the charge is like finally, it's come back. It's here. It's we like see, a very important part of the NBA today. Six years ago, we didn't see anybody taking charges like this. Other than Ursan like Ilya Silva. Yes. yes. Now <laughs> there are like 10 Ursan Iliasovas Silvas in the league. Like we see rookies like J Dub come to the league and just draw hella charges mm-hmm. uh it has been awesome i think it is crazy to think about removing the charge call because final like because now we have a couple injuries we've been going the whole year taking hella charges ain't been uh, there isn't an injury i can remember off a charge other than these ones that i mean there crucial probably moments. has
0: been but yeah like you said not really any memorable ones at the moment yeah i i i'm in same same exact page as you here i mean it's it's a ridiculous thing to think about um if you get rid of the charge, I mean, you don't understand how dominant, more dominant guys like Giannis are going to be. That's the only reason Giannis doesn't score sixty points a game. Yeah, only because he picks up four fouls via charges every game. You know, like he would, and he has to play differently, knowing that guys are going to take charges. I mean, we've already added the 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 arc. You know, the 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 restricted area yeah. where you cannot take a charge in this area because yeah, it could become a little op if you could just take a charge at any point under the hoop. So they add the restricted area. I don't know when that was added. At some point it was, and I think that's a good thing. Me too.
1: I think it's a great barometer. The
0: only way I think that you could maybe change some things is the two plays that the charges were on John Gian Giannis were more of a upper body charge where like they're in the air and they clip the guy, the defender's upper up high, half, the up shoulders, high. where they go down like that on with their, uh, you can't see this if you're watching yeah, the audio, obviously, but like you're body. falling with your back, upper back first, and then you fall. Which, is that a true charge? I mean, legally, or I mean, by the book, yes. So I I could see maybe you getting rid of that rule where if you, you know, get clipped while a guy's in midair like that, Mm -hmm. and it's not your full body, but it's hard to judge that. Yeah, that just
1: makes the charge call so much harder to differentiate. But I think that's a great point because, to me, a charge is when you're really going through somebody's body. Exactly. You're trying to go through that. Uh If you're jumping more vertical with a little bit of forward momentum— I think it's a lot different.
0: Right. And a guy like John Morant is trying to weave through the defense while he's in midair, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's so crafty at the hoop. Um, So if you, you know, you just clip a guy's left shoulder, but he still gets the charge call, you know, I can understand that. I'm not saying that that should be what is the new rule, but I just saw an argument like that and I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, the banning the charge would be <laughs> would be hilarious. an unreal
1: rule to do. I mean, It'd be like, the worst decision ever. It would be it would just be terrible. Like, like what is Kyle Lowry going to do? <laughs> like, he, how is he going to survive? I anymore? mean, that is just a, Yeah, it, it's a really dumb
0: rule. Um, there's already a lot of dumb rules in the NBA. They don't need to add more. Mm-hmm. But, excuse me. So now we can get into the series. Actually, we're not really going to talk about those two series with those guys specifically because they're happening tonight. So. I mean, we can we will talk about them, but it's not. We're not going to go into as depth as the other ones. Let's talk about Phoenix versus uh, the Clippers. This has been such a good series so far. Kawhi Leonard has dominated um, the LA Clippers shooting. Uh, in Game One, was phenomenal. As they, a lot of guys stepped up in this one. And in Game Two, it was pretty much just Kawhi and Russell Westbrook that uh, scored the ball. And the Phoenix Suns were definitely played a lot better in game two to split this series 1-1. This has been a really good one
1: so far. Yeah, D-Book's third quarter last night was ridiculous. He had 18 and was just, I mean, you you would look away, look down at your phone, and all you hear is, Booker, Booker, <laughs> just mid-range. I think they, were, they shot a ridiculous percentage from the mid-range. And that's where they're really tough to guard, obviously. In the first game, I think we saw a little bit of the math problem of threes are worth more than twos, uh, and Chris Paul wasn't hitting his mid-range shots, and they were kind of giving them to him in game one, and he just wasn't hitting many of them. DeAndre Ayton's mid-range is looking awesome. This Clippers-Sun series has the making of being a great series. I wanted to pull the court curtain back and go back to game one. Okay, Russell Westbrook has, I, I, I put it as in a very impressive fourth quarter, the, the one of the biggest plays is career, the block into the, Throwing it back at yep. D book into the turnover, he had many multiple clutch acrobatic ass offensive rebounds. Shooting three of twenty, yeah, I three think nineteen. Yeah, on the game, is it possible in your eyes to still have a great game under that circumstances, knowing that you're shoot you've shot three of nineteen? I mean, like to have a great game, it's it's tough.
0: I mean, everyone has a different definition of what a great game is. By the way, quickly, Xavier Tillman seven of eight from the field tonight. That's that Spartan dog. Um, But anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know about, I I think you can be effective and you, cause Russell Westbrook definitely impacted the game in a positive way um, in game one. Like you said, three of 19. And we know the type of shots Russell Westbrook likes to put up. A lot of those 19 aren't the greatest, like he's missing (laughs) gimmies, you know, like he, they're not great looks, but that's how he plays. And the Clippers have embraced that, and they say, you know what, that's how he plays. But we know he's going to impact the game in a good way at the end of the game, which he did. He did. Um, I don't know about having a great game, though. I I don't know if I would put it that way. I still think he was crucial for the Clippers to win that game, though. Like, 100%. If he doesn't play, they probably lose. But I don't know if I would say he had a great game.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I I would would agree. The impact down the stretch was undeniable with the big plays he made. Was it in Game One or Game Two when he shot the push floater right in front of the rim? And that was Game One. Zubac came under yeah, the hoop. And, and I don't know if they, I wonder if they counted that as an assist. Or the not. announcers counted it. they were like, "Oh, what a pass!" And it was like, "No, it really looked like a shot." Like yeah. that was a push floater <laughs> yeah, exactly. that he airballed from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from but the, in
0: Game Two, Russell Westbrook shoots over fifty yeah, percent. He he, well. he hits two threes. Uh, he scored over twenty points, and he played. He I, think, I don't think he missed a free throw either. He was perfect mm-hmm. from the line. Um, so a really good bounce back game from Westbrook because he was all over the place again. I've been really impressed by the defense in this series. Um, Devin Booker has been all over the place uh, defensively in Game One. He had four steals and four blocks in Game Two. Once again, he was elite defensively. The Suns have been able to switch. I know that uh, they've been trying to f- like other than Kawhi Leonard. You know they've been effective defensively. Um, in Game One, they you know they sent the doubles at Kawhi, but they were. They couldn't do it too much because all the other Clippers shooters were hitting their shots. But in Game 2, they kind of went with that same strategy where we're going to, like, kind of send a double at Kawhi, but we can't let these other guys shoot. But they weren't hitting shots. And the the, the little half-fake doubles, Kawhi was beating them to it every time. And so, obviously, they won Game 2, so... um, they definitely still need to figure out the defensive strategy on Kawhi going forward cuz like Torrey Craig Ivan was saying like you know he, he really was getting cooked by yeah, he was. by Kawhi Leonard but he is one of their better defenders Kevin Durant has done a solid job on on Kawhi Leonard but this has been a phenomenal series so far and i, I really don't know who's going to win like i the suns should win but
1: I don't know. Yeah, me either. And I think in this high-tempo, fast series where it's physical, every game so far has been really good. We saw a big comeback from the Suns. I mean, in the game two, it looked like the Clippers were in control the first Mm -hmm, half. For sure. Uh, But I think in that kind of series where it's that tense, I think depth is going to play a massive part. And we've already seen the struggles with the Suns' depth. They are so – they lack depth so, so badly. I mean, I, I think Tory Craig is a solid NBA player. Landry, Landry Shamit is as well. And Jacques Dale is too. But, like, these aren't guys that you want getting big-time rotational I mean, rotational you got Ish playoff. Wainwright out there, like, getting defensive assignments, you know. And, and that is just not the type of guy you want out there. I've also noticed KD doesn't look incredibly comfort, comfortable, which is totally understandable. I mean, he's kind of... It's tough to understand your role coming into a new team. And, like, you know, he kind of wants to just chill, but he needs to score the ball Mm -hmm. for the Suns' teams to be, you know, successful. So it's really interesting. Uh, I've never seen, it feels like I've never seen KD get blocked so much on a pull up jump shot. Russ has got his number on those pull ups. Uh He is blocking everything on those damn pull ups.
0: I think that, uh, and the Suns have embraced KD. You know, it's not like they are, like, not wanting, you know, they're kind of just like, we're we're the sons. Like you just got here, you know, like they want KD to do his thing, but Booker and Chris Paul obviously still have to get going themselves, you know, and that's why Chris Paul in game one was not much of a factor shooting the ball. Whereas last night, he really had a good first yeah, quarter closed out the game for them um memphis is up 18 right now on the lakers man the lakers got to get it going no ja morant it's always ugly
1: when you're better without your superstar i mean the, always the, better. the grizzlies
0: were that last year remember yeah like, oh stretch, yeah like they were better without joss ja, so they were
1: 10 and 11 this year without Ja. Oh, okay. according to
0: the pregame that's so- that sounds about right but
1: that that is funny but the, the, the history repeat
0: yeah it's, it's repeating by the itself. way calling it calling my shot now ty tie- oh, oh what just happened to austin reeves oh he's good oh he pushed off okay i thought i thought <laughs> that that was he um, did the he leg. Tyus Jones will be like the next dude that like signs with a new like, like the Jalen Brunson of next year. Like, he won't take as big of a leap as Brunson did, but like Tyus Jones will go sign with the team, be their starting point guard, and like, like
1: be really a really good starting point guard. I'm trying to think of a good destination. This is the Wizards. I, I don't want him to go to the Wizards, <laughs> man. I would feel bad for him going to the Pelicans there. if they, go they got rid of CJ. Like, if Maybe. they moved on from CJ, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't really know. Yeah, spot yeah, But, yet, but I, I, just, I, I see the comparisons every time Tyus Jones starts. He's a baller. I like, mean, Tyus Jones is also, like, the best, like, point
0: guard in the NBA. Yeah, assist like to turnover he plays, ratio. Yeah, you know five years in a row he's led the NBA in assist to turnover ratio? What? Five straight years.
1: That is incredible. He does not turn
0: the ball over. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, he's a backup, so obviously it's at a little bit lower of a volume than everyone else, but... Oh, Dylan wow. Brooks and LeBron oh my going God. at it. He oh, was getting into it's it. Just, we can't keep talking about this because everyone has already seen this by the time they're listening <laughs> yeah. to this. All right, um, let's talk about the other series. Uh, the last one that we really can get in depth to before we the other ones don't matter as much. They're just not as cool. Um, Cavs Knicks. This has been a pretty good series so far. Game two was a little underwhelming. The Cavs basically dominated this from the tip. Uh, a little bit of inexperience showed for the Cavs in game one, but in game two, everybody stepped up. Donovan Mitchell didn't even have to have this big scoring game for them to dominate this game but the Knicks stole one on the road and they head back to the garden for playoff home game and it it's going to be so fun to see that atmosphere in Madison
1: Square Garden now mind you I have only been watching basketball since like 2008 so I don't know what, what the 80s and 90s looked like but I imagine, like I can't really say, but I imagine it looked like this Cavs-Knicks series. They are just beating each other up. Really? Big men are just going at it. Mobley and Allen are flying all around the hoop. Well, Mobley actually kind of looked jittery in the first game, but he, he came wide awake in the second game. But it, this is, I mean, they're not like shooting the ball incredibly. Last night was an incredibly low-scoring game, right? That was this game. I'm yeah, the right Knicks game. didn't score a lot, but yeah, yeah, was, I mean, like the 89. Cavs were,
0: they were pretty efficient.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Julius RJ Barrett's been who Who even is RJ Barrett anymore? He's an eight point <laughs> per game type guy. I I don't know what to think of RJ Barrett anymore, but this series is interesting. I, I, if you this is another one of the really good ones that we look forward to all the time.
0: Yeah, Darius Garland had an, a fantastic game last night. Uh, the rest of the Cavs really like the one thing that the Knicks have the advantage on over the Cavs is their depth. Um, but Cleveland like had some good minutes from. Some front, Like Danny Green played a lot in yeah, this game, did. which was really surprising Uh just because we didn't see much of him in a Cavs uniform uh this season, obviously, once he was traded there. But, yeah, the, the Knicks had the depth element over the Cavs, but in Game 2 it didn't matter. The Knicks just couldn't get it going. Julius Randle, I know he's coming back from injury, but he definitely has not been phenomenal so far. Um And like you said, R.J. Barrett has not been the guy that can step up when Ju- Julius Randle and Brunson aren't having their best games. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the play at the end of the game where Randall goes up for the dunk after the steal. Jared Allen follows him, and Randall takes a really hard fall, uh, which he was okay, um, but I saw something that... This was just going back to the Draymond Green thing. Uh, Chandler Parsons, he had, he's on a podcast. I don't know what podcast, but I saw a quote from him on Twitter today where he said that if, if that was Draymond Green instead of Jared Allen in that situation... Draymond Green is ejected and suspended for the next game.
1: What do you think about that? It's true. I mean that that that's the truth. We just saw that. Uh, nothing happened to the play. Jarrett Allen doesn't even get a second look because Jarrett Allen's this good guy who blocks a lot of shots. And he's so a nerdy. So nerd. it's expected. He's got meth he half to the to the games. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting take from Chandler Parsons. I find it more interesting that Tom Thibodeau hasn't learned his lesson. Why are you still playing your stars now at yeah. like, 20? And, and you feel differently about this, and that's okay. But, like, you've already experienced it once with D. Rose in the playoffs. T- and, Ju- and okay, so that's the true. story came out that...
0: Julius Randall Lant, asked to yeah, stay in, asked Yeah, asked to stay uh-huh. to get
1: rhythm. Okay, I guess I kind of get it. Because he
0: was the only one that was yes. still in the game. Like, the rest was bench guys. Yes, and they
1: but... only played, like, I think he said they only played... Like, the starters only played, like, 33 minutes, which, mm-hmm. like, good job, Tibbs. Uh, but, like, I don't know. At, at some point, as Tibbs. You almost got to be like... <laughs> Julius, we can do this in practice. Yeah. You know, maybe this isn't the best idea. But now Julius knows himself that it's just not the best idea. Right. You never know what's going to happen at the end of games. I think it's more of a why was Jared yeah. Allen in the game than why is Julius
0: Randall in the game. Also true. Like, and but I mean, if that's Robin Lopez, maybe he does the same thing. You know, so it's like, I, I, I just feel like if you're losing a game in the playoffs, you don't end, stop trying to keep losing until that clock hits zero. You know, gotcha. so and you, you keep your best play. Like, but I understand why you would probably want to take him out because of a potential, you know, you need him for the rest of the series. So I see both sides of it. Um, But yeah, this has been a really fun series. I think that
1: the Knicks just, they they really need to absorb this home atmosphere. Uh, Oh, dude, I cannot wait for playoff basketball in the Mecca again. I want to see fans going crazy. I want a Knicks win. I, I want the Knicks to win so I can see the post-game celebration in the streets. Oh, man. I want pull, like pull, light poles on the ground. I want cars on fire. I want it all. <laughs> I want Knicks basketball on top. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to watch
0: it. Uh, looking at the other series, like we said, Denver-Minnesota is tonight. Uh, I mean, Game one, Denver dominated that mm-hmm. game. Uh, we'll see if anything is different tonight. But like I said, I don't want to get too in-depth of it because you guys already know what happened in game yeah, two, and facts. we don't. Uh, Lakers-Memphis, right now, Lakers are down by— they're on a little bit of a comeback right now, though, actually. They're on a little 5-0 run now that LeBron has made that free throw. So hopefully they can complete the comeback and make it close because we need, John Morant's got to come back. I mean, yep. as much as like it would be cool to see LeBron and Lakers win, it, John Morant needs to come back yep. just for the series to be entertaining, uh, even though Grizzlies are winning, so <laughs> who knows. Um, and then the last series that has a game tonight is Milwaukee-Miami. Giannis has got to come back you know but if Miami goes up 2-0 this
1: series gets so it crazy gets interesting
0: going back to Miami I mean like it, it's it's but the, the Heat lost Jimmy though or not the Heat lost Hero which is a huge loss because the Heat already struggled to score the <laughs> ball so much and they lost probably their second best scorer so it's going to be interesting to see how the Heat play um and how the Bucks play without
1: Giannis as well who really steps up for them I mean this is way too early to say and make a comment on, but imagine this whole time we've been thinking Denver is the one seed that possibly <laughs> could get upset and then we look across and the Heat might go up two O on the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, which is crazy. I mean, Giannis is still questionable tonight. He's yeah. out he's ruled out tonight. Oh, he yeah, got ruled out now. Playing. Yeah. That's I mean, this is huge. This is a big opportunity for the Heat to maybe keep their team alive, like keep their team together. Uh they're old. They it's almost time to blow it up with these guys. I mean, yeah, how much like what else can they do this off season? You know? Yeah, like, I don't know. Trade not a lot. You'd have to trade young pieces, maybe. I mean, you'd have to go full rebuild. You couldn't you couldn't retool and no they can't with this they roster. can't like
0: come back better next year. No,
1: for sure. So There's they no have, possible way.
0: And we're also gonna talk about uh these other like the teams that lost in the play in, by the way, like what they should do this offseason, what their plan is. Um so just a little hint at that is what we're gonna talk about next. Um, but, yeah, um, th- this is going to be really—I really don't think Milwaukee loses this series. Like, even if they lose this this game going down 2-0, I really don't think they lose this series. It would
1: be crazy, you know, so even especially if without like, Tyler Hero. I think Middleton score.
0: and Drew and the rest of their team, I think they can get it done without Giannis. I yeah. really do think so. Um, so let's talk about the other two series. These are the other ones that have, are two games in, but they're just not as entertaining. Uh, the Sixers are up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. These have actually been two pretty, like, good games for the most part. But Philly kind of just closes them out in the fourth quarter, ends up winning by fifteen to twenty. But um, Joel Embiid is dominated. Tyrese Maxey has played really well. Um, but it's been fun to watch Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson because they've both been playing really well as well.
1: Gotcha. I haven't been able to watch this series at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's been it's been solid, but nothing nothing crazy. Cam Johnson did poster Joel Embiid, so that was cool. Um, and then the other series, the Boston Celtics are up 2-0 on the Atlanta Hawks. This has not been much of a series. Game one was a blowout. Game two was closer. Uh, but it was also on a half an hour before the Cavs Knicks, so no one was watching. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. So uh, Boston will win this series. I will be surprised if Atlanta takes a game. And then Atlanta's got some decisions to make. This, you know, whether Trey Young wants out or not. Uh, they got some decisions to make after this. He was this just
1: season. voted the most overrated player in the NBA. Really
0: was by he? players? I saw that survey. Yeah, that's interesting. So all right, uh, before we hop into the play-in tournament teams, like this, what they should do it's time for some trivia mm-hmm. I have some fun playoff trivia for you so let's get into it so I I did some research today this is I, I didn't look this up for like stealing somebody else's information I did this all on my own so if I'm wrong that's on me so in the <laughs> last, <laughs> in the last 10 NBA playoffs there have been four teams that have lost in the first round five times.
1: Four teams who have lost in the okay, wow,
0: lost in the first round five times in the last ten seasons going back to twenty thirteen. Obviously, this is not counting this year because no team has lost in the first round yet. So there are five teams or four teams that have lost five times in the last ten years in the first round. Can you name me those four teams? This is difficult. It, it is, I'm, and also I did every single every single team you had to go
1: check their 10 year specs. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: well I just I I made an Excel spreadsheet uh of every single team.
1: So I so I know every team how many times they've lost. That's in the so first interesting. Round. So, uh, uh I've got one team that's just like it's all I can think about because I think they're going to lose this series too, which I know it's here doesn't count. But are the Hawks?
0: The Hawks are not one of the okay. teams. The Hawks have lost four times in in the okay. first round. There's so, a lot of teams that have lost <laughs> four times in the
1: first round. Okay. So then let me go like not, were the Hornets making playoff runs? No, they weren't making the playoffs. Two times. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of just, like, bottom-tier teams. Maybe Heat lost one time. That's the only time I can remember. And then 10 years ago would have been the Heatles. Yeah, they had like, in the first round. But yeah, the in Heat have lost there. two times in
0: the, in the last 10 years.
1: Uh, I mean, then there's teams that have, like, historically bad in the playoffs, but they always make it decent, like the Raptors. The Raptors are not on here. They have lost...
0: Where is Toronto on here? They've lost three times. Okay. Uh, the This is hard. Yeah, maybe. The Bucs? The Bucs is close. They are also a four-time team. And then, so like, Okay, I'll give you a hint. Only one of these teams made the playoffs this year. Um, But the other oh, three... Okay. The, uh, two out of these four teams are, like, teams that you would... Like, once you guess them, it actually makes sense. Like, these are teams that, like, they be making the playoffs, but they ain't making noise
1: in the playoffs. Okay, uh, I'm thinking these teams. Three out of the four are not in the playoffs. So the Jazz, the Jazz is not on oh, here. Man. They
0: are. They have lost three times in the first round. They actually have been making the. They made the second round like a lot, but they have not made the conference finals. <laughs> if uh, we did know who's lost in the second round the most,
1: they would probably be the top. Yeah, team. facts. Uh, this is going to be... Is Detroit up there? No. Okay. Only twice. Okay. I just knew the Blake Griffin year where they lost the, the first round. The
0: the, the, the Drummond KCP year. Right? Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, That yeah. was a good one, too. Was that
1: also versus LeBron?
0: Uh, yeah. No. The, well, that was LeBron. The Blake Griffin year was the Bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yep. Yep.
1: I haven't gotten a single one of these yet. The Hornets? No. I already told you the Hornets was Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So only one team is currently – and all I can think of is playoff teams because they're all that matter right two now. Two teams in the East, two teams in the West. Is the team that's in the playoffs right now in the West? No, the team that's in the playoffs right now is in the East. The Bulls? The Bulls are not in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've literally got notes written the Bulls. Now the three, Bulls are a three-timer as well.
0: The oh team that is God. in the playoffs right now is, like, also going to lose again in the first round this year. So the Nuts. It is the Nets, yes. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets have lost five times in the last 10 years. A um, lot of those came early in the in the cycle. Did the Orlando Magic? The Orlando Magic is not on here. They are only lost in the first round twice. Oh, I just I thought they years. would have made it more with I kind of expected them to, to be on here because I tried to guess them before, and they were one of the teams I thought. Rockets? Not the Rockets. That, that, that didn't even make any not sense. Not the Rockets. Okay, so the the team that is really expected is like this team is – always in the playoffs like every year both of the, the pacers the pacers is one of them yes uh middle they, of the pack team exactly they, they're they always in the playoffs but they will lose in the first round this the, other team is just like that trailblazers the portland trailblazers <laughs> yes <laughs> why,
1: why did they take this description for me to just boom, boom? exactly uh, uh dame um,
0: lillard cla- he'll get yeah, you to classic. the playoffs
1: man but uh he ain't gonna go far okay so now i'm missing one team one team
0: um, one hint I will give you is I know for a fact that two out of these five happened
1: recently. Okay.
0: Uh, well, I'm just trying to think of the team and that. you would remember these series, them losing in the first round. They lost to the same team two years in a row. Uh, I don't want you to think about that too hard. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of teams that this uh, team's also like never been bad really in our lifetime. They're always solid. The Pelicans? Not the Pelicans. I remember they made it with Rondo and AD, and they lost. Pelicans the are round. two times in the last 10 years. That was boogie. Uh, another team. So the I team's said, not in the playoffs this year. Should have made the playoffs this year.
1: Mavericks? The Mavericks, yes. That but, is not a team I would have expected. Yeah, because
0: they lost twice with Luka, the Clippers, uh, in Luka's first two, yes. the second and third year in the NBA. Um, and then before that was just like they'd, they'd get in. But, yeah, like, because
1: of dirk basically yeah because of dirk yeah so well that was interesting four teams that was interesting i did not you know sucky it would be to be the pacers fan it's almost as bad as being a pistons fan but at least they made the playoffs (laughs) like we were a middle of the pack team who were yeah (laughs) we were (laughs) always the nine and then a quick side trivia
0: that i also made for this there was three teams that have zero losses in the first round over the last 10 years um who are they? Cleveland. Cleveland is one of them, yes. Uh, the other two are on the opposite side of this. Golden State? Mm-mm. They did in, like, 2014, like, right at the beginning. Okay. They're, like, on the opposite side of this. Sons? The Suns? The Suns, yes. Because they've only made it to they two. They only made it to two, exactly. Yeah. And the uh, other team... Should be the, a pretty Kings. Easy, the Kings, yes, because they haven't <laughs> exactly. even made it. <laughs> they haven't, like, that's the worst, right? There, yeah. like, you, oh, you're man. going to have the opportunity to lose
1: them. I don't know, round. though. Are they 100% or zero percent? That's the zero for zero. Well, 100. I
0: just they just have
1: zero first round losses, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's good for them. <laughs> so, NBA drafts coming up. I, I we did the last 10 picks of the Lions. I don't oh. know how many NFL teams you could do with their last 10 first yeah. round picks. But you can do NBA. Oh, and yeah, and that's why I wanted to do NBA, yeah. I've got you, the last 10 players. And I am going – there are two guys in here who I didn't even know were drafted by the Bulls because I never played for the Bulls. So I'm doing only guys that played their first year with the Bulls because there are a couple guys in here who are a little weird. Uh, so it goes all the way back 2011. Okay. Starting in 2022. Do you want to, like, say what we're doing really quick? We're doing the Chicago Bulls' last 10 – First round draft picks. Okay.
0: Um. So the Chicago Bulls last 10 picks. All right. So this is going to be interesting. So you have Dalen Terry this past year. Yeah. Do you
1: have a pencil yeah,
0: right do. there? Uh, I thought I have one in here. I should have one in here. I don't have one. In Maybe here. not. I'll, I'll keep mine. I'll keep it in I mind. I have a pen, though. Like, I don't know where my pen is. <laughs> Whatever. All right. All um. Right. Dalen Terry. Oh, there's one right there. Let me grab it. I okay. see it.
1: Do do do, do, do. Stalling. No dead air on podcast. All right, there we go. Okay.
0: Um. So we have Dalen Terry from this past year. Um. Before that, I know I'm skipping some right now, but like Patrick Williams. Yep. Kobe White. Yep.
1: Wendell Carter Jr. Yep. You've gotten the last four in history. Lowry Markkinen. No. I wonder if he was. A traded. Pick. I think
0: Lowry Markenden was a traded pick. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think he must he was. Have
1: done.
0: He no, you're right. He was the he was the um.
1: Oh, was he was the Cavs
0: pick. No, he, I'm trying to think. He was the uh the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler trade. No, that was Chris Dunn. Is Chris Chris Dunn on here? Mm-mm. Okay, that makes sense that Chris Dunn's on here marketing probably was traded pick but i'm just trying to think what trade he would have been me as well okay because
1: when you said that i was like yeah duh lowry but he's not on here
0: okay gotcha so i got the last five right now or the, you last, the last four,
1: four. okay uh, they didn't have a first round pick in 2021
0: yep oh yeah that's right uh, it was franz wagner <laughs> okay so what
1: year am so i back to you're on 2018 they had two first round picks you got wendell carter Second guy's a little bit tougher. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go him. Oh, is it, uh,
0: is, it, is it Troy Brown Jr.? It is not. Is he on here, though? No.
1: Is it Chandler Hutchinson? It is Chandler Hutchinson. Okay. I even wrote down what college he went to, because I was like, I don't know if Skunk's going to be able to get that. <laughs> That's a crazy pull. I know my Chandler Hutchinson knowledge. Uh, 2017, it was Justin Patton. He didn't play a year for the Bulls, so okay. that, that year's a wash. Yeah, he was traded to like Minnesota or something. So now you're on 2016. So
0: I know like... this is this is further than 2016 but like gary harris ain't on here right because
1: like he was technically drafted by the bulls but yes i put both him and yusuf nurkic on here but they were both instantly traded on draft okay same draft too 2014 so they
0: are so they do count
1: or no they they don't don't okay okay okay, no they don't count
0: okay um i know i'm going back here and i might be going back too far for last 10 but like doug mcdermott is he on here no okay uh i think he would have
1: been 2010
0: probably a little bit too far
1: I don't Um, know if he's too far.
0: No, he definitely would have been, like, 13 or or 12 or something. He isn't 13, though. But he probably was a draft. He probably was a trade, I mean. Oh, yeah, There's a lot of guys that are like that, so.
1: Okay. The rest um, of these guys are all notable Bulls players. You only have, like, these guys in my head, I all think of them as Bulls. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, Is Bobby Portis on here? Yes, he is, 2015. Is... Oh no! I was gonna guess Noah Vonley, but he was he was Charlotte Hornets. Yep. I'm pretty sure, or Charlotte Bobcats. Okay. And you did skip from uh, 2018 to 2015. There's one player in between in and 2016. 2016. And so I'm missing three guys. Four. You're four? missing 2016, 2013, 2012, and
0: 2011. Okay. Um, I got Bobby Portis. Hmm. 2016. So that would have been. Twenty sixteen, that was like Ben Simmons draft, I think. I believe that was that
1: draft. Do you know like where this guy was picked in the draft? Yeah, yeah, I've got the number, 14. 14. In twenty sixteen he was drafted fourteenth overall. Okay. This guy Uh, was good. Good college player. Good college player. Really good college player.
0: Oh, uh Ryan Archie Diacono, is he on here? No. I think he
1: was a second round pick. He must have been, yeah. This guy no, was like was later than way better than Ryan at in really? College. That's like that's way tough better. To do.
0: <laughs> like way better. Like, I think this guy was oh, National Player of the uh, Year. Oh, uh, Denzel Valentine. <laughs> Denzel Valentine. Yeah, runner up for, oh, for runner National up. Player of the Year. Okay. Now uh, you go back to 2013. Man, Denzel was such a bad. B- b- oh, I had hope for Denzel in the league, dude. I really did.
1: Okay, so 20. What I'm say? I'm going back You're to? You're at 2013, 2012, and 2011. They had three straight years. Um,. Is Jimmy Butler one of them? Yes, Jimmy Butler is twenty eleven. Okay, because
0: I didn't know if he was twenty ten or eleven. So that's nice to get him out of the way. These
1: next two guys are just not near as good players. Uh, one of them is two K legend for the Bulls for us, like you and I. Okay, remember this guy? We he probably has a staple in our heart because of two K. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, see, I have a lot of guys that are like that. Yeah. So it's tough to like filter them out
0: from just the Bulls, (laughs) 2012, 2013. Okay, are either of these guys still in the
1: NBA? Uh, one of them is. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm ninety five percent sure. Okay, so that means like he's not like a good player. No, no. Okay. By, no. He's oh, got you. he's got some bad stat lines in like the history of basketball, he's got some bad Oh ones. yeah. Tony Snell. It's Tony Snell. Is yeah. he the two K legend? Yeah. Guy? He, okay, he's yeah. also a two K okay, legend. Gotcha. This next guy was like a backup point guard his whole career.
0: Okay. Uh backup point guard his whole career. And probably only played for six years. Yeah. And not no longer in the NBA. Nope, has a brother that's currently in the NBA. Oh, okay. Oh, it's uh, Jerry and Grant. No. Oh, it's not Jerry and Grant.
1: I don't know if he got drafted by the This buzzer. guy's brother is also a point guard. Um, is he still in the league? Is his brother still in the league? His brother might be recently out of the league, but he was just in the league. Okay. Okay. God, I can't. Much better point guard. All-star point guard. For I can't this get my head off of Jerry and Grant, dude. <laughs> He's stuck in my head.
0: Hmm. 20. What What pick was this guy? 19. Okay. I think. See, like it only really helps me if they were like top ten top ten or lottery. Picks. I don't know
1: if you're gonna like get this. I should have written down the college for this guy.
0: But mm-hmm. I don't I don't Yeah, know. I don't
1: know. I, you might as well just give it yeah, to me. I don't it, think it, I'm gonna get it. It's Marcus Teague. Oh
0: yeah, Marquise Teague, yeah. Marquise Teague. Yeah, Is Jeff from, still he's from League. Marquis Teague's from Kentucky.
1: Jeff Teague, I don't think is still in the league. No, I, okay, don't, I, I don't believe he is. I couldn't remember if he was like sitting on a bench or like I didn't know Daly was still in the league. Yeah, until I was yeah, watching the game. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. yeah, he he actually like played a little bit this year for the mm-hmm. Kings, which is hilarious. Yeah, I don't think Jeff Teague is still in the league though. I don't think he is mm-hmm. either. Like when I said it, I was, uh, I thought to myself, I was like, is he? Like I haven't yeah. seen him. Okay, so now like I really want to find out this Lowry Markinen and uh, debacle. Like this thing with him, because I'm just gonna look up his basketball reference. I think he was part of a trade. I just can't remember what trade. Even he and was.
1: Doug McDermott would be an interesting one too, because he was drafted by, uh, by the Bulls. I in think my eyes. Doug
0: McDermott was the was the one with like Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic. Like I think they oh, traded both yes. of those picks yes. to move up in the draft to draft McDermott. I think that's exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure that's what it wow, was. Wow, what a bad trade. Yeah. Yeah, Lowry Markkinen was drafted seventh overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves in twenty seventeen. Gotcha. So so but but I Chris Dunn was the was the guy that was drafted by fifth overall by the Timberwolves. So they traded that that's got
1: me confused. Yeah how'd they get that pick?
0: When when did like why did they get and why would it still be the Timberwolves? You know, like was Tavish Gibson traded after in a separate deal? Because why wouldn't Fra- Franz Wagner be considered a drafted by the Chicago Bulls? You know, like if 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 like it's a trade tra- pick that was traded a year later or whatever. You know, like let me see if they what they say about Franz Wagner. Yeah, it says you drafted by the Orlando Magic. It's really weird. That is so weird. Okay, let me actually just look up Mark like transaction history i know that we are just like going on we're on a tangent We're on an absolute tangent if you're a
1: huge basketball fan you love this if you're wondering love this okay uh
0: june 22nd 2017 drafted by the minnesota timberwolves with the seventh overall pick traded by the oh duh it was the it was the uh oh wait no 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 never mind i'm stupid chris dunn played a, a rookie year on the timberwolves and then was traded to the to the bulls after that Gotcha. So okay. that was it. Was the night that Markkinen was drafted? Um, it was that night. That Chris Dunn out. played his rookie year with Minnesota. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what it
1: was. I totally forgot that Dunn was. i I, forgot. I Actually I, played. I forgot Dunn played a year for the Timberwolves as well. Mm-hmm. That's not surprising. Looking back,
0: dude, this is quite the quite the trade. Um, J- Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the seventh overall pick, which was Markkinen, for Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. So wow. I mean, low key, the T
1: Wolves got fleece. Yeah, if, but like, also, like the Mark
0: never became yeah. that dude, and Chris Dunn didn't. Never. But like, Zach Levine is still on the Bulls, and Jimmy Butler was on the T Wolves yeah. for like a year. So.
1: I was big on Chris Dunn. Like, I was a believer. I liked Chris Dunn. I too. thought he was going to be claps. I thought he was like uh, going to be a really, really uh-huh. nice guard in the league. So look out if you follow us on
0: Tik TikTok. Look out for those videos. I'm going to post those draft videos more closer at to the actual draft because I think that. Uh, people will like them. It'll be more popular during that time as well. So we'll be doing more of those, uh, throughout the, throughout these next couple episodes. All right, let's get into, uh, some talk about these teams that lost in the play in tournament and what their off season is going to look like. Starting off with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Bulls have been in a weird situation. They've been really bad for the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, post Jimmy Butler era. With you know, we are just talking about that, with mm-hmm. Lowry Markin and Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. Finally, last year they make their first like really good season in quite some years. <laughs> uh, they were the one seed in a loaded Eastern Conference for most of the year, kind of fall off at the end, end up being the sixth seed and lose in five games to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then this year, they miss the playoffs entirely by losing in the play-in tournament in a really down year. Um currently, Nikola Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent, Patrick Beverly is an unrestricted free agent, and then you have Kobe White and Io Sumu, who are both restricted free agents, um, which I've heard that Io DeSumo, uh is going to probably get paid by another team and the Bulls probably won't be able to pay him. So really interesting offseason coming for the Bulls because they are in a position where they could blow it up if they want to, but they easily could run it back with this team and try to be good again. Zach Levine is under contract, DeRozan has another year, but Vucevic is a free agent. However, Lonzo Ball is gonna be missing the whole year
1: as well, mm-hmm. which is a key part of their team. So what 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 do we think the Bulls gotta do this offseason? The Bulls are crazy interesting because it's a terrible sign to be in win now mode and miss and lose in the plan. Right. Got, uh, you, you They're should, probably the only team in this yeah, in these four that are like that. Yeah, like you you, you you don't you shouldn't even be in the plan with that with the type of roster they've constructed. I think it's time to blow it up. However, if there's like a some crazy situation where Damian Lillard across the trade, and you can package, you know, P Will and maybe a couple other guys, and go out and get Lill. Like then you do it and you try and compete again. I think that I still don't don't think you have a championship team. I think it's a good idea to look and really explore the options of trading Demar Derozan. I think it's good to explore the options of Zach Levine. As well, uh, even though he is much, he's on the younger side. But I think it's okay if he was to be traded. Uh, when we see him like Zach Levine in in killer mode, is tough. Like that guy. Yeah, is, he had a really good playing yeah, tournament. He's he's great at basketball, and he's in like he's got that killer instinct. But sometimes it just feels like Zach Levine's lacking that, unless he's playing the Pistons. Then he's <laughs> got it for oh, sure. Dude, if
0: he's playing the Pistons, it's
1: easy forty piece it's, every time. Uh, and I was thinking of some fun trade destinations that I think might be possible. I don't know. I don't. The one, the one I thought of was the Knicks right away. I think DeRozan mm-hmm. or uh, Zach Levine would be interesting. Uh, they've got RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin. They've got picks. They've got quickly, who I don't think they would deal away. But uh, the other team I think would be awesome for a Zach Levine destination. I, this team has said that they're gonna try to slow down with the trades, but the Brooklyn Nets. Would be awesome with Zach that Levine. Uh, McHale, Zach Levine, and Nick Claxton I think is a pretty good trio a young, moving forward. Good, nice core, yeah. Uh, Mikhail really helps. I think he could motivate Zach Levine to play a little bit more defense. McHale can go back to playing a little more off the ball, even though he's been great with the ball mm-hmm. recently. But I think that's a really interesting destination. But I think this Bulls team just needs to blow it up and go in a different direction. More than anything. Yeah. I just don't want to see the same team run it back because we, we know what the outcome is. Uh-huh. It's a first-round exit or you're missing the playoffs. You're probably not doing much more than that unless you get a lucky first-round series. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that they need to blow it up. Will they blow it up? I really don't think so. Um, I think even if they lose Vucevic, I really do expect them to... I, I've already seen the rumors that they're looking to shop for their next point guard to basically be the Lonzo ball for next year. Like, who's going to play that point guard? Is it uh, Tyus Jones? That could be the, that could oh, be that the spot could be the for Tyus Jones. That could be. Um, but, yeah, Vucevic, I think you really do elect to not bring him back. You know, Vucevic's got to be 32, 33 at this point. Um, the Vucevic trade really was a an L of a trade for you. It, it sucks to say. I respected the move at the time because you got to do what you got to do. But... It, it is not looking like the best trade uh, right now. Kobe White, I assume he will be gone. He, he just hasn't been the the player that they expect him to be in Chicago. But with the Rosen under contract, he does only have a year left on that deal. But with re-signing Zach Levine, I don't expect them to blow this up by trading those two away. However, if you did, it would be a smart move. <laughs> um, but the Bulls GM, uh, Carney Chauvas, he's he's been there not very long. I think like this is like his second or third offseason there. So... I, I, you don't see many GMs like take over, try to go win now, and then like really shortly after try to just blow it up and convince the fan base that that's what they're going to do. So I expect them to, to make some signings in offseason that are like decent, try to run it back. Maybe they make the playoffs, but like you said, we all know they're not going to make any noise. So yeah,
1: they're just, they're, they're, uh, they're frauds is what they
0: are. Basically. Um, the next team, the Toronto Raptors, they're in a much more interesting spot because this team is pretty good. They have a lot of good players. Um, however, Fred Van Vliet is a free agent via a player option. So he could be on the team. He could opt out. Gary Trent Jr. is another guy that has a player option. I think it is already expected that he will he will opt out of that contract. And Jakob Pertle, who they traded a first round pick for uh, at the trade deadline, is I think they traded their first this year, I'm pretty sure, is an unrestricted free agent. So losing potentially three starting starters on this team where you still do have Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OGN, and and others under contract, Raptors are in a really, really interesting spot because this is a team we've, we have never
1: seen blow it up. Yeah, I mean, what's their GM's name? Can I can not think uh, of his name? It's uh, Mariah Ujiri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Asai uh, Ujiri. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's never been one to blow it up. He's always retool, and we're going to come back next mm-hmm. year, and then we're going to continue to do it until we can trade for Kawhi or something. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the the rumblings are that Nick Nurse is out. Uh which is just it's crazy to me how quickly they go through coach of the years. I mean they get a coach of the <laughs> yeah, year true. and they get rid of him. It's the weirdest thing on um, but Nick Nurse it's not working all of a sudden. Hey, the 6-8 switch everything isn't working <laughs> it, all it, of a sudden. The idea like I do love it, the I, idea. I love it. Like I really do, but it, ain't, it don't work In so. theory <laughs> like as a basketball coach I think it was it's such an interesting experiment uh-huh. but like it didn't it didn't work. It right. just and maybe they shouldn't I don't think they had the pieces necessarily but for me, this offseason needs to look like, A, get a center. Get a center that you can lock down for years. Unless if, Jakob, if, if yes. he's that if, guy,
0: yeah. If you cool.
1: can re-sign Jakob, great move. He he needs to be on the Raptors for a long time. But re-sign him for four years. Right. Place him next to Pascal. Fred Van Vliet, I, I think there's a little more flexibility there. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind if they moved on from him. I think Gary Trent's going to get a bag this offseason. I think he's worth a bag. And Fred Van Vliet, I really do think he should opt into his player option. Like I'm not sure he'd get right. more money if he opts out. I'm not yeah. sure a different team. Unless would he's fork just looking more for money. more longevity of a contract. Again, oh yeah, you know? maybe. Like, yep. Maybe. Playing on it, playing back to
0: back, like prove it years. I guess is is can be tough on a player. So yeah,
1: definitely, especially mentally. But like, I don't see a great destination for Fred VanVleet. And if you do yeah. resign him, it's like anybody's trading them. So he are you screams just like,
0: Miami Heat? <laughs> I guess they did that with Kyle Lowry <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. already, so they like, can't I do guess, it again.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what options this team has other than run it back with some minor changes with, like, hopefully going more into, like, the losing mode. But that's not something we've seen the Raptors do uh-huh. ever. We've never seen this team be a bad team. Except uh,
0: when they got lucky in the lottery and got Scotty Barnes, you know. Like yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Yes, and they, yes. could, they could get lucky in the lottery this year. Who
1: knows? But uh, I, I, I don't think there's many options for the Raptors this offseason.
0: Yeah, the Raptors, I think Fred VanVleet uh, is, is probably gone. If you do bring him back, it's cool, but probably not on the biggest contract. You know, I would, I wouldn't want to. But I, like you said, I don't know what the market is for Fred Van VanVleet. I don't know who really wants Fred VanVleet at this point in his career. He's definitely still a good player, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah. he was an All Star two two seasons ago, so he's still a great player. But I don't know what if you want to go get a more of a true point guard, or you want to go get some more size at the point guard. <laughs> Um, Gary Trent Jr., he screams Dallas Maverick to me. He just, he screams that Mavs are going to overpay for a guy like sick. him, uh, which, yeah, it would be a good pickup. I don't know if it'll happen, actually, I don't know but if it'll work. he will get a bag. Jacoperto, like you said, I think you do try to bring him back if you're the Raptors, but you're in a weird spot because do you look to explore a trade with Pascal Siakam or with OG Ananobi? You know, that these are two guys, especially OG, that was in trade talks all last offseason, and it was like, oh, the only reason OG hasn't been traded yet is because like we don't know what's going to happen with like KD, and then OG never gets traded, and then at the trade deadline it was like, yeah, the only guy that's going to get traded is OG <laughs> on and then everyone else got traded and he didn't. So, uh, does that mean he for sure is not getting traded because we've already fall for it twice, or do right. I fall for it again where like some team is willing to give up three picks for OG on Anobi? Remember that talk? yeah. yeah, like, yeah. What team is that, you know? Like who, who was it? Was it I the Knicks know. like maybe? <laughs> was it the Pistons? I hope not. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the Raptors do, but they do have options, which is good. If they this team really could run it back and they would they have would have a better chance than the Chicago Bulls, I feel like. So, uh, <laughs> I would at totally least you have agree. that that advantage yeah. there. So, these next two teams out of the West much better scenarios than the East playing uh, losers. First, starting off with the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, your only big free agents. You have Jackson Hayes, who is restricted, which still isn't even that big one. There's other guys, by the way, for the other teams, but I, they're just not notable. Um, and then Herb Jones is a free agent since he was a second round pick. He's He only gets a two-year deal, rookie deal. So he will be a free agent, but I would expect the New Orleans Pelicans to uh to give him a bag and extend him into the next coming what years. What a bag looks
1: like for his caliber for his role. It's got to be like player. at
0: least like a 12 to
1: a 12 to 15, that'd That's be my guess. guess. Yeah. Uh, his role is a defender, so I think they have to look at that and say, you know, you can't pay a defender $38 million. But
0: he also is a, a
1: starter, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, he's not like he's just a, oh. strictly a defensive guy. I mean, he's yeah. a starting caliber player, so Yeah, I'd say 12 to 15 is a great number for him this team. I mean, you have one job, and that's get Zion on the floor. Yeah. Get him playing games, whether it be 55, 20, make him play in the playoffs. He has to be ready come next playoffs uh, season. And uh, I don't know who was talking about it. It might have been Kenny. Uh, but somebody was mentioning, like, get him on a schedule. Get him on a, you know, you're going to play these four games, and then we have a back-to-back, and you're not going to travel with us. You're going to sit at home. You're going to play three games. We're going to get you by the end of the year playing 65 games with proper load management. Like, we're going to schedule it out early yeah. before everything. So you know you can play in these games. Because they, he, he's got to play. Uh, we always talk about availability, best ability. And the guy doesn't play basketball. No, And there's since he's gotten to New Orleans, there's been the rumors of him getting out of New Orleans. And we don't know why. This New Orleans Pelicans team is built well. I think he should be screaming to come back, yeah. trying his hardest to get back as fast as possible. But he just doesn't feel like Zion, whatever that really means. Uh, I, I find his case so interesting. That's the one thing the Pelicans got to figure out. And other than that, the, I mean, the ceiling is the roof for them at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Brooks I was, just hit a crazy three.
0: Or not a crazy three, but just a three on LeBron and was just in his ear. Look, look at this, dude. I mean, he cashes this three and it's just all in LeBron's shit, dude. Like, that
1: is just huge. <laughs> Gotta hate Dylan Brooks, man. And then he just followed LeBron out of three, which is hilarious. He was post uh, LeBron was trying to post him up, and Dylan Brooks was getting physical. It was awesome. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Pelicans they are they are in a, a good
0: spot, but it it just comes down to Zion. You know, I understand the, the whole like mental thing because it's got to be tough for a guy like him who knows that he's as good as he is that just is struggling to get on the floor. I mean, I imagine he wants to play games. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I I'm not I don't think he's just like eh. I don't, these playoffs, they're not for me. You know, like, I really don't, I feel like that as a guy that's as good as him at basketball, why would you not want to play? And it showed how competitive he is. When he plays, he
1: plays ferocious. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I really don't want him to be, you know, I've I've just seen the the Greg Oden thing way too often. And it's just, it's tough, dude, because like, I mean, he, he's heading in that direction, you know, where if he has like another year like this, it's it it's not looking great for Zion. I really hope he can play with the level that Brandon Ingram played at towards the, the second half of the season. You need to take advantage. CJ McCollum has been good as a Pelican. You have They do have a lot of young pieces still. They have the Lakers pick this year. Like they have assets. They can make more moves if they want to. But really, it the moves you make doesn't matter. It matters if Zion plays. Mm-hmm. So that's what they got to figure out. But they they will be back next year. They, next year is the year this team like makes the playoffs. Yeah, they need to make.
1: I mean, they made it a a as the eight jump. seed
0: last year, but like they make the playoffs yeah. next year. They have
1: to because this year they were they were really good to start the year. So we could maybe see them take like a team spot like the Warriors. The Warriors might be out of the playoffs next year. True, with everything that might go on. I mean, Clay wants a max extension. Yeah, Draymond probably is gone. It's the end of the Warriors dynasty maybe
0: <laughs> should we, should that be the title of this episode is yeah, this yeah, yeah, the yeah. end of the warriors dynasty our first ever clickbait yeah. title or should we, it we really- should it be that or should it be should the charge be banned <laughs> no no <laughs> we aren't doing that or will injuries ruin these nba playoffs we need one of those two one of the injuries one or the Warriors. i think the warriors one is good. something about draymond yeah, we could do something. I like the Warriors
1: dynasty because yeah. it's just too Because it's also about Draymond, too. And it's overreacting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we it's don't like, believe that. It's overreacting already.
0: <laughs> Last one is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have zero notable uh, upcoming free agents. Dario Saric is the only one. Uh, which they got a pick to trade for him at the trade deadline. They they have nothing, no free agents, except they got to sign their rookies that they draft. That's about it. Um, they have two first-round picks in this year's draft, their own, and then the LA Clippers' first-round pick. This is just, I mean, once again, this Thunder team is scary going into next year. I mean, I am scared of them, and I am so jealous of of what they got <laughs> going on over there in Oklahoma City. The the starting five young core of Shea Giddy Dort J Dub and gonna be Chet Holmgren and then you're gonna add another lottery pick and maybe you trade up. Maybe this is the year where you're like, screw it, now we make the crazy trade. Here's my twenty picks. Yeah. I mean the the next the next superstar that wants out, they gotta be all over it. I mean, like the like Jalen Brown, dude. Oh my word! If I they mean, don't you, but but the no, I mean the, the Boston probably doesn't do a trade for Jalen Brown or like they him. can't I mean, get the, picks. They, they, I mean, yeah, exactly. They don't need picks. They need they need a guy that's still gonna like help them. So just the next star though that wants out, OKC is gonna be all over them. Like they have to be. They, They're running out of roster. Space. I mean, they have the they have the most assets. I'm so jealous. Like what Sam Presti has done, really. Now that they've actually had the year where they've taken the leap without their number two overall pick, without even more picks that they have coming. Like, it really is like he's playing 2K out there. It's <laughs> it's awesome,
1: and it's it, it's so cool to see. And, like, God, I want it. I want that mm-hmm. on my team. He, he's just, he, he feels like he's a mastermind. It feels like he's literally, like you said, playing a video game. He's, he's messing with the other GMs. He's getting off the phone and laughing. And click, <laughs> boop, yeah, watch what I have. I, I've traded for Shea. In my first, I don't know if it was first year, but he, I mean, he has just made right move after right move, and maybe they get Victor Wemben Yama this year. Oh, that'd be bad. That'd be terrible. Don't do that. I mean, that's too far. That'd be the worst thing ever. This team would be unstoppable. Uh, This, uh, I think, Bradley Beal would be a cool option uh, on this team. Uh, I think that's a, that's an interesting one. Zion
0: Williamson. <laughs> that that one would make more sense because the big just, and just because he's young too. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He can continue to grow with them. Um, yeah, the Beal ones. I honestly don't think they would trade for Beal. you.
1: You'd have to. It'd have to be in a win now move. Or yeah, it'd, yeah, it'd for have sure. to be in like he's our last. Plus, beat. they also have like they like four of their starters are all guards already, and then yeah. like you add
0: Bradley Beal yeah, to the facts, mix. Like, facts. obviously, like Dort and Giddy and J Dub are all like. Bigger, you know, thicker. I mean, like, Shea, too, obviously. Like, I
1: can't but, think of their backup.
0: Trey Man? Yeah, but he don't really play too much oh, anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, but we'll see what they end up doing. Um, okay, and then I wanted to do this before we end this episode. The Lakers are coming back, by the way, which is really cool. I want to do a tankathon thon spin for the Pistons oh, because yeah. we need to talk Pistons. Pistons fired Dwayne Casey, or not fired. Uh, he'll be moving to a front office role, which is really, which is really interesting, but... Uh, we need to have a next head coach of the Detroit Pistons. That is something that we have not really talked about yet because last week's episode, it was right as that happened. Um, the front runners right now is Charles Lee of the Milwaukee Bucks, who I want personally to be the coach of the team. Um, there's been some Jerry Stackhouse talk. Uh, he's currently Vanderbilt's head coach, but obviously a former Piston. Ema Udoka is going to be in that talk, obviously. like He's going to be in all head coaching talks. Chris Quinn of the Miami Heat, he's been in talks as well, but... I wouldn't mind bringing a first-time coach in to
1: be the, the coach of the team. Yeah, me either. I think Charles Lee is an awesome idea with what the Bucks have done. Uh, I think he's—I mean, we need a coach who's going to come in here. The guys are going to get behind him, and they're going to play defense. And he's young, too. Like he young can, guy. He can grow with this team as well. However, if, if we want a proven guy, it would be really cool to get a Udoka. And for sure. I mean, sure you want would. to talk about a guy who gets teams playing defense— that's that guy. I mean, it, imagine
0: Beef Stew with him with his
1: intensity on the side. It'd line. be awesome. Uh, Ime would be really cool. Obviously, there's the elephant in the room you have to address if we ever were to sign him. So, I think that actually, like, maybe steers us away. You know, I think it does, too, because also they the Pistons had an issue like that this year with one of their assistant
0: coaches. He was let go for the same exact situation as Ime Yudoka. Uh, so... I feel like they would stay away because of that like you know it's kind of yeah.
1: like a little bit of hypocrisy. Yeah, and the Pistons um, have been very drama free under Troy Weaver. It's yeah. been very even like Dwayne Casey getting uh, stepping down wasn't a dramatic. No, not thing. at all. It wasn't on pissed at It the wasn't thing. like Steven Silas who got fired in the third quarter of their last game. Yeah, facts. Like this was like uh, it's been totally drama free well run organization yeah. so I don't see them bringing it in EMA. So we'll see what happens uh with the with the head coach,
0: obviously, I don't think it will happen anytime soon. Like, I think by the time our next episode happens, they still won't have a new head coach. Yeah. Because um, there's no reason to rush this right now. But they've been interviewing a lot of people. They've also interviewed uh, two of our assistant coaches, which is cool. Because uh, Rex Klayman, who is the who has been the assistant coach for the last two years, he coaches. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get his country wrong, so I don't know what one. But whatever country he's from, he coaches their national team um and he's done a good job with them That'd over be there cool and I'd he filled in for casey a couple games last year when he was dealing with stuff off the court and and the players really enjoy him so that would be interesting i but love a euro league style coach let's do a a lottery sim on Tankathon. basically we are going to spin this and it is going to tell us what exactly the lottery is going to be i really think so one time only so oh, please let's get into it boom sim the lottery Oh, boy. So the Charlotte Hornets win the lottery. The Chicago Bulls jump all the way from 11 to 2. The Dallas Mavericks jump all the way from 10 to 3. And the Detroit Pistons fall to pick 4, followed by Houston, San Antonio, Portland, Orlando, Indiana, and Washington. Uh, So the team that got screwed here the most actually is the Pistons, Houston, and San Antonio fall into 6, man. That's so terrible. What an L. If Dallas... If Dallas... When like moves up in the lottery and gets like one or two, that is the last straw. That is like the NBA. I will, die I will never forgive you for doing this.
1: It, it's rigged.
0: It, I mean, yes, obviously. Like, God, that would pit. Oh,
1: I'd be, so, I would be very, very upset. It's just because, like, what did they do to earn that? Like, no. they they have been mediocre, ran a shit franchise mm-hmm. for for a few years now. You would think he would make it rig, but like Adam Silver really is not messing with what the Mavericks did. Like they got
0: fined 750k for sitting Ky- Kyrie and Luca, which is quite the fine. Like it mm-hmm. is definitely a huge fine, and like he he is not cool with the tanking thing. Like facts. he does not like it. So I really think even if they did
1: like move up, he would be like, all right, like let's let's just redo it. Like, yeah, maybe you just auto can. fourteen them. Just yeah. bottom of the lottery. You guys <laughs> should be there anyway. Well, if they fall there, then that means
0: like the teams behind them like move up, which would be bad for us. It'd be bad. Yeah. It'd so like really maybe bad. they just yeah, stay yeah, yeah, where they right. are. Yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> what, so what is that?
0: Thirteen? Then? Ten? I think. Oh, I think ten. Ten. Which their pick is top ten protected. So like if they do fall out of that, top, if they really want to screw them over and like they get 11, 11. Oh, but then that team would move into the, the top, top four, which would top be four. scary for us. So um, we're getting the first overall pick. Well, no, we're getting we're not. fourth. We're not getting the first. We're getting up. fourth. Yeah. We're get, yeah, we I just said it. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. It. I'm gonna screenshot this actually and see how accurate it is. Come uh come draft time. All right, before we end today's episode, let's let's talk about the Tigers and baseball. Because we, we promised we're gonna talk about baseball. Boom. The Tigers were on a heater. They were winners of five straight. However, they lost today's game against the Guardians, but they still won the series. Um they almost made it four straight walk off wins today. As they were down three nothing, but Torkelson hit a homer in the seventh. Zach McKinstry chippewa legend hit him in a home run his first home run as a tiger in the eighth and they're down by one and it was like they had two singles to lead off the bottom of the ninth it was like oh my god dude <laughs> it's happening they're gonna do it again and then they didn't um but tigers seven and ten now after the after being the worst team in the league start the year they've made a slight comeback which is cool to see i still
1: know how long it's gonna last oh this team's for real yeah. i mean I, i'm biting i'm biting i'm taking a drinking of the cool aid okay uh this team this is early. for real uh, when you bench your highest paid player this early in the year, it's gotta <laughs> hey, mean something. It's good. got
0: it's gotten him improved. He's improved since then.
1: Hey, your spot's not safe, dude. Nope. I don't care how much money you're getting paid. Not under AJ Hinch. Nope. He will find somebody else to cheat for. I mean, <laughs> um, exactly, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, only 145
0: games left, so we're 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 getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're getting into the thicket of the season. <laughs> um, and also, we were talking about this pre-show. Max Scherzer got absolutely screwed. Uh, by the MLB umps today. I hope they're fine. I hope they're fired. Um, <laughs> I don't have Max Scherzer on my fantasy team, so that is not why I'm mad. For sure not why No, I'm there's no way. I definitely have. wouldn't. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, just frustrated, man. Like, he just using the stuff that you supply for him. He's using
1: the, the hard-earned sweat on his back. <laughs> can't even use it. Can't even use it. <laughs> All you're allowed to do. Is yeah. use Rosin and Sweat and not him. anybody Max Scherzer too, mu- too, too much too sticky anger. I guess too too much sticky on his fingers. His All right, everybody, too perfect.
0: That's gonna be it for today's episode. We will be having a mock draft coming this weekend with Willie because we know the draft is a week away. You're probably thinking like, why did you guys not talk about the draft? Because we have a full episode dedicated to it this weekend. Look mm-hmm. out for that. And we got to go finish watching the rest of this game. So, bye, peace.